broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Raider Fish in Berkeley hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. He says, so far we're buying steaks at the dollar store. Either these would be great deals or some trips to the ER. That's from Raider Fish in Berkeley. And as uh, I mentioned, the Raiders are going to be, they're not going to be deep diving and going and signing the big time names. They're going to sign some guys that are, you know, lower level free agents like the ones you're seeing, Marcus Epps, Brandon Faison. Those are the guys that they're going to be signing. Of course, they came to agreement with Jimmy G earlier in the day. Uh, in a few minutes, we're efforting right now. Coach Scott Spinelli to talk all things March Madness. If you have an opportunity, go to lvsportsnetwork.com. Fill out our March Madness Mania Bracket Challenge. You can win up to $2,500. That's brought to you by the DLC. You can get a $500 resort gift card, a two-night weekend stay at South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa. All that's provided by South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa. And uh, really, the grand prize of the whole package is like $3,250. So I encourage you to go check it out. If you got the smarts when it comes to the bracket, definitely go check it out, lvsportsnetwork.com. I already filled out my bracket. At the very end of the day, just fill it out. And see how you do against myself and DeMond. DeMond's got Memphis winning the whole thing. I got UCLA winning the whole thing. Somehow I became a victim of what I saw on Saturday night with the Pac-12 championship game. I actually have UCLA and Arizona squaring up against each other. Again, a victim of what I saw Saturday night. Joining us now on the phone lines, Coach Scott Spinelli. Joining us, and we do appreciate you, Coach, as always. And uh, March Madness. The brackets are out. You know, the seating is there. It gets started on Thursday. Of course, the play-in games get started tomorrow. But is there any teams that stood out to you that you thought, yeah, that seating probably wasn't very good for those guys? Just kidding. <laughs> there he goes. He is not with us. And, well, we'll effort him one more time, and we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll see if we can get some some uh, March Madness details from Coach Scott Spinelli, who's a college basketball analyst as well, and uh, joined us last week and want to continue to have him on the show throughout the course of March Madness. And one thing i got to ask him about is North Carolina. North Carolina not even making the tournament. And then turning down the NIT bid, as they should. Right, they shouldn't be playing in in, uh, in in the NIT. If they can't make the tournament, they shouldn't be playing at all. They clearly had something going on that was outside of their, uh, you know, what they're doing on the court. I don't know if they had some issues with some players, uh, you know, outside of the locker room. I don't know what the deal was, but they weren't right. You could tell that they weren't right all year. And this is a team that was just a couple minutes away from winning the national championship just a year ago and didn't even make the tournament. So as far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't be playing. They got to go and fix themselves and figure out. What is going on? So we'll continue to try to effort Coach Spinelli, but if not, we'll just move on because that's what we do. Uh, we'll take your calls and texts at 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, got a text from Geese Mode. He said, if we're being real about it, can't you consider Jarrett Stidham injury prone too? Raider Nation just didn't have enough time to see it, and uh, that's coming off the fact that I was surprised that Jarrett Stidham decided to uh, not re-sign with the Raiders and end up in Denver with the the Broncos. And I guess you could say that because he was supposed to get an opportunity to start when he was in New England to be the guy following Tom Brady, and the reason he didn't is because he was injured. And then he lost out to Cam Newton, and the reason he lost out to Cam Newton is because he was injured. So uh, I could totally see what you're saying about the injury report or the the injury proneness of uh, Jarrett Stidham. But I just thought that he would have been a valuable backup, especially if you're going to bring in Jimmy G and you feel like, you know, there's a good chance that he's going to get hurt at some point because that's just what happens. Again, you never wish uh, any kind of injury on anyone. 
Uh, that's just unfortunate for any of those guys, but sometimes you just can't shake it, and that's what, that's what it happens when it comes to Jimmy G. Got a text from the 915 Q&D. Sorry, guys, but H-Town is winning the whole thing right there, talking about Houston, so definitely appreciate that. And now, again, we're, re- uh, we're reconnected now with Coach Scott Spinelli, college basketball analyst. Uh, he joins the show to talk all things March Madness, and now that the brackets are out, the seeding is there, is there any teams that you look at that you thought were seeded a little too high or maybe seeded a little too low? Oh, boy, I tell you what, I think there's a lot of teams in this year's bracket that were are going to use their seeding for motivation. Um, you know, let's start with, obviously, Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M, you know, second in the SEC. I get it. They had some non-conference losses uh, early on to Wofford and Murray State, but they're playing very well in an excellent league. I thought they were They're going to play with a chip on their shoulder for sure. And then I look at Miami. You know, look, they were the one – uh, you know, the one seed in the ACC, um, and I think, you know, look, I get the ACC was down a little bit, but that Miami team, and I, coming in, I thought Drake was going to be a really difficult out, but that's a tough matchup for Drake uh, playing Miami as a five seed. But I do think there's some other teams, too, that kind of got a little bit of a, a raw deal. But, it just, but the, for the most part, I do think the brackets are pretty fair, and I think the committee did a good job. One team that didn't make it, I was just mentioning it before you came on, was North Carolina. They didn't make the cut, and then they turned down their NIT bid, and I, I think that that's fine, right? I, if they couldn't make the tournament, they probably shouldn't be playing. They've got to figure out what went wrong. But I ask you, from a former coach's point of view, what went wrong in North Carolina this year? I tell you what, it's hard to kind of put your uh, put one for one reason that they maybe you know didn't have the kind of season that we all thought, but. Obviously, let's start with you know the losing Manic last year. You know their three-point shooter, the transfer from Oklahoma. I think they really missed him. Um, and the other thing is, look, there was a, there's a team last year, North Carolina, that got hot at the right time, and you know they used that momentum and they were on the upswing. If you remember right, they beat Duke at Cameron, Coach K's last game, and they really kind of used that momentum. Um, to fuel them in the ACC tournament, obviously, and then into the turn- NCAA tournament. But, you know, so much of becoming a really good basketball team, and I think this kind of goes along to, with every sport, is that great players are made in the off season, great teams are made in season. And by that, you're going to go through adversity as a team. And it's how you deal with that adversity, whether it's losing some games you shouldn't have lost and that the team has to rally around one another. Um, and I do think... When you're at Carolina, the pressure, the expectations, I think a lot of that, these are kids, guys. These are kids. And I think a lot of that, to me, had something to do here maybe with them kind of losing some of that confidence in in their mojo. I think it was a confidence issue. I really do. Talking again with Coach Scott Spinelli here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Talking all things March Madness and bracket breakdown. And we had a text before you came on about Houston winning the whole thing. And, of course, that's where the Final Four is taking place is in Houston. What do you think their chances are of, uh, of hosting their own championship game? i tell you what. Coming into this tournament, I thought Houston, Kansas were the two teams, for me, that really stuck out. I think this Houston team went healthy. <laughs> went healthy if Sasser's healthy. They're as complete a team as there is in the tournament. I mean, Houston, as you guys all know, to be that great defensive, tough, hard-nosed-minded team that really, you know, really makes it hard on the opposition in terms of their physicality. They rebound. They really get up and pressure the basketball. It's hard to score against them. 
this year's Houston team actually is much more complete on offense. If you look at their American Athletic Conference stats, they're up there in almost every category, assistant turnovers, et cetera, et cetera, field goal percentage, three-point field goal percentage. So they were a much better offensive team, so they're more complete. My problem with not only Houston, with Kansas and all these other one seeds, I mean, there's so many different storylines behind each one seed. I mean, Alabama's got distractions. You know, mm-hmm. Kansas, you hope, Coach Self is healthy. Houston, Sasa does not play. You know, what's going on, you know, there. Purdue, you know, um, look, they've got a very unique style. Is that style going to be able to take them all the way to the national title game? So, yeah, uh, you know, to, to your point, I think Houston is a very complete team, but I do think there's a lot of question marks with a lot of these one seeds right now. Speaking of Houston, they were not able to win their conference championship because Memphis won that. Oh what boy, do you think about Memphis, an eight seed in this year's tournament? Well, I, I think, look, you know, they're a team right now that's coming into the NCAA tournament with a lot of confidence. I mean, what they did to Houston in that, you know, American Athletic Conference championship, I actually was surprised. Um, DeAndre Williams, obviously, star power. I mean, he's terrific, and they've got a lot of weapons. They're playing with a lot of confidence, too, now coming into this. So to face them, you know, perhaps Purdue uh, in that second round, if they, you know, Memphis still got to get by Florida Atlantic, right? But that 1-8 matchup with Purdue and Memphis, that's a difficult second-round matchup for Purdue. Memphis is obviously a very, very complete team. They, they could be a big problem in this tournament. We know that coaching matters more in college basketball and two big names that are going to be squaring off the four versus 12 in the West in the West region, Connecticut, Dan Hurley and Rick Pitino, the 12 seed of Iona. What do you how do you see that matchup playing out? Because I'm really curious about the program that Rick Pitino is building at Iona. Yeah, you cut out there a little bit, but I think you were talking about that Iona UConn matchup. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I think we could talk about that. So. Look, I mean that's that's a tremendous game, um, you know, you know, right off the right out of the gates there. Look, I think UConn right now is as talented as deep as any team in the tournament. The only question mark it seems that UConn has is really taking care of the basketball, not turning it over. So their point guard play um, right now is a little bit of a concern, and I think Marquette took advantage of that. They actually surprised you know, a lot of us in the Big East tournament by what they did to UConn. Um, but, look, Iona is very, very well coached. I mean, Coach Patino is as good as it gets uh, in the business, and um, he'll have those guys ready. Uh, they're not going to be intimidated whatsoever. Um, that could be a real dogfight, although I do think UConn's talent level is really high it's just that they have to have better point guard play and not turn the ball over otherwise they could be you know they could be uh easy. they could be an early exit if UConn doesn't take care of the ball I want to ask you about the first four end games because those are games when people are filling out their brackets they kind of overlook those but at the 11 seed Arizona State's going to be taking on UNR for an 11 seed who do you favor in that matchup I tell you what I think this year's Mountain West teams for the first time are going to make a little noise. I just think that, you know, every year, you know, we always go in the Mountain West, the Mountain West. I, I do think this year's Mountain West was a lot better, um, and I think it prepared these teams for this year's tournament in terms of the parity, especially the top, you know, three or four teams in that league. 
Um, and I think Nevada's, you know, defensive intensity, how they get after you, um, sometimes coming off a loss in the conference tournament isn't the worst thing, right? Get your team's attention. You're motivated. Um, you know, obviously Arizona State's had a, had a really good season. Um, but I think Nevada in that game, um, you know, uh, I think their defense, I mean, they're, they're very structured offensively, very well drilled, very well coached. I actually like Nevada in that game. We'll get you out there with this one. How about uh, what UT's been able to do? They went and won the Big 12 championship over Kansas. They did it pretty easily. Coach Rodney Terry takes over for Chris Beard and has not missed a beat. What have you thought about the job Rodney Terry has done there in Austin and also just what UT is going to do as a, as a two-seed in the upcoming tournament? Well, I mean, look, Coach Terry, you, you got to tip your hat to him and his staff um, for what they had to kind of manage there and for them to be playing this well. Um, you know, you really have to be um, complimentary of the job that he did there, um, you know, with this Texas team. And, you know, look, I, I think look, I've been in that position as an interim head coach. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're trying and you're trying to kind of manage what's there. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, and the players that are there were not there in terms of they were recruited maybe by you, but they didn't come there for you as the head coach, right? So it's a very awkward position to be in. Um, and I commend Coach Terry and his staff for the job they've done. How could you not respect uh, what they've been able to accomplish? Um, but I would heed this warning. Colgate, <laughs> very good team. <laughs> that second round matchup, um, you know, I'm looking at a – you know, my again, I coached at A&M for four years, and so I, I know that, you know, that Longhorn Aggie matchup, you know, <laughs> an old Big 12 matchup, yeah. Big 8, whatever you want to But I could see those two teams colliding in that second round and that being uh, an incredible game with uh, the intensity level. Uh, with that Texas tough pill that they have in Texas. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, it's one of the best time of years when uh, it's March Madness and we know the brackets are out and everyone fills them out and then gets ready to see all the action and see how quickly you can put a lot of red lines to your bracket and it gets busted because we know it's bound to happen. Coach, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you. Uh, We'll see the first round coming up this week and then uh, we'll talk to you about it next week. Thanks for having me on tonight, guys. Have a great night. You too. appreciate you. There he is, Coach Scott Spinelli right there, part of the Believe Podcast Network, uh, college basketball analyst, former coach. And that's why I, I closed out with Coach Terry because uh, he's in the same position that Coach Spinelli was in at one point, being the interim head coach. And it's not easy to take over and expect these guys to keep on clicking like they are. But Coach Terry's done a phenomenal job in Austin with the Longhorns as they blew out Kansas uh, for the Big 12 championship game, won by 20 points. They're the two seed. We'll see how it shakes out in the upcoming tournament. But, man, I like what they got going on in Austin. I got to give them a lot of credit. 4.15 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Get to your calls and texts. We got Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ. He'll join us at 4.30. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I will caution you if you're on Twitter. There's a lot of fake Twitter accounts out there, a lot of fake Shefties, a lot of fake Ian Rappaports. You know the funny thing about it is uh, and maybe it's just me, but if you're going to create your own little fake account and start trying to put out information, at least spell Devontae Adams' name right. right? I, it's so funny when I see people spell his name wrong and they're trying to act like they're, you know, like an insider or something. Now, if, if you know, just a random person like me or you happens to spell his name wrong on accident, that's one thing. But when these guys are trying to make something official and try to make it some big deal and they don't even get his name right, it's like, dude, 
<laughs> Can you at least get the name right if you're going to try to, you know, geek everybody out and fool everybody on what you're doing? It doesn't really work if the name's spelled wrong. But that's how they're letting you know it's a parody. See, we didn't even spell his name right. We're, we're, don't no, take it serious. No, they're try- they're, but they're trying to, Damon. They're trying to make it sound like it's that serious. Coming up in a few minutes, we're actually going to be giving out some tickets to see Kevin Hart this upcoming weekend. Friday and Saturday is at Re- Resorts World. You want tickets, we'll have those in just a little bit. But we want to hear from you. Get your thoughts in. 702-365-9200 or don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. How about ABA Ivan Davis? Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, at first, when I first, you know, I'm working and I see these kids, you know, Niner fans snickering, you know, Raiders got Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, what? <laughs> Looked at my phone. Okay. And I'm like, y'all kidding, right? And they're like, <laughs> they saw me with my Raiders stuff on. You know, they were just laughing. But, uh, and so uh, then I saw the deal. I'm like, oh, Okay. Uh, he's on a prove it deal, and they're looking. They're looking to draft another quarterback. But I'm telling you, I would go after next year's. There's they just one more move for me guessing right. Just drop down, grab another first for next year, and use that as capital to go up and get the uh, quarterback you need. But that only works if Stidham would have been the backup. And Stidham is at Denver. That, that throws like a wrench, monkey wrench in the plan. Although I, I'd find some way to do that. And just to, and, and tell Garoppolo, this is your shot. Either you keep the job, or we go. You know, we're probably going to go somewhere else. And so, I mean, it makes sense to me. As for if I was Garoppolo with them weapons, I'd want to sign with the Raiders. Right, right. <laughs> I'd take that less money. Where else he's going to go and have these weapons? This similar to what he had in San Francisco. Okay, and so uh, the, you got to fix that defense. Yep. Okay, and so. I mean, personally, I I think it's the only Garoppolo was the only choice they had. I think, you know, that was a Godfather move, kiss my rings moment that they did to Garoppolo, eleven <laughs> million dollars. I mean, wow, what a what a steal that was. But anyway, that's all I got to say, my man. I'm sure you got billions and billions of callers waiting. Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Demond? Later. <laughs> Appreciate you, my man. Appreciate you, ABA Ivan Davis. And that's the thing, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the signing or the agreement with uh, Jimmy G just because I'm just not a Jimmy G guy. And I'm not going to all of a sudden act like I am. Uh, that's not my style. But I'll say with the, the contract that they gave him or they're offering him and he's going to sign on Wednesday when it becomes official, they do have an opportunity now to build a team around him. And you mentioned ABA Ivan Davis. He's got the weapons offensively, but the defense has to be an upgrade. It has to be upgraded. You've got to get it done on through free agency and through the draft. That defense, that defense, and oh, by the way, it's the defense some more. Let's go out to the 559. Let's talk to our guy, Pete. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? Thank you for all you did, man. And down here in the 559, I remember you. <laughs> Appreciate uh, you. DJ and all that. But hey, can, can, um, I want to talk a little about, uh, you know, Jimmy G. I've been looking at some of the uh, Images already on Twitter, and I've seen him in the silver and black. I don't know, man. He's he's almost a little bit too pretty for the uniform. <laughs> you know, going back and go, going back to the silver and black days. You know, it's just mean looking dudes that just want to play play hard. So hopefully, it's not just a Las Vegas thing and just glitter and glamour. Uh, and hopefully, he comes out and proves it. You know, he's uh the other day I listened to a podcast of yours and it was talking about the yes man, and you were you were saying like. Um, I don't understand really what the yes man is. Yeah. And so Jimmy, Jimmy G is specifically a yes man right there. And I mean that by he's going to do exactly what McDaniel says, where he wants him to go. He's not going to try to change too much at the line of scrimmage like D.C. wanted to do, like Aaron Rodgers would have probably wanted to do. So he's a yes man. That's exactly gotcha. what a yes man is right there. And so 
he's going to be successful. There's no question. He knows that system, and so he's going to he's going to do his thing there, which is good. You know, I'm kind of uh, shocked though that they let Stidham go because uh, you know he gave him a chance. You know, he gave two games. He brought him over. Hey, here's your chance. You know, that was his that was his excuse for benching D.C. when we all know that really wasn't the reason why. You know, he didn't want him to get hurt. But, you know, Stidham did everything that he could. He did, I mean, he did anything and everything that he could for those two games and at practice. And so uh, there's writing on the wall now, and there's some writing on the wall, and I can't wait to hear what Stidham, Stidham chose Sean Payton over uh, McDaniels, who brought him over here. So that's something to be said. I don't know what's going on, but um, we'll see what happens on that one. But I'm, I'm glad Stidham leaves is going somewhere that he wants to go and is going to be appreciated, hopefully. But uh, we'll see in the draft. Hopefully get somebody uh, like possibly, you know, Fresno State. So Hayner, you know, third, fourth round, that would be a great one. But uh, anyways, guys, thanks for all you do. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Good stuff. And just to kind of reiterate for anyone who might not know, Jarrett Stidham is agreeing to a two-year deal with the Denver Broncos. It's a $10 million deal, choosing to play for Sean Payton over other options. The deal includes $5 million guaranteed and $4 million more in upside and reunites him with Davis Webb, who he has known since he was a teenager. That's from Rap Sheet on one Jarrett Stidham. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick, and then we'll get to Ed Graney. Uh, Passionate Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? What's up, Q, man? Gosh, man, I'm just over here sick to my stomach, Q. I mean, the only thing I'm going to say is the Raiders will continue to Raider. We will continue to Raider. That's what we do. It don't matter who the coach is, who the GM is, we will Raider. That's all I got to say, Q. Peace out, bro. There it is. Short and sweet right there for Passionate Raider. And so uh, not fired up about the Jimmy G. And, look, I get it. He's not a guy that's going to get anyone fired up. Uh, of course, I'll be very respectful when he's here. Uh, you know, give him an opportunity. Uh, the guy has shown that he can play. Uh, the guy has also shown that he can get injured. And so, uh, obviously, that's something that is a big concern of mine when it comes to Jimmy G. Uh, I just want to see this team, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, uh, Josh McDaniels, I want to see them build up this team. I want Max Crosby to have some help on the defensive side of things. I want them to have what he wants, which he said is some dogs. So there's that. Before we give away those Kevin Hart tickets, I want to tell a story from this weekend. Okay. I was at the UFC event at the Virgin this past weekend. It was great. Yep. Had the floor access. Shout out to the UFC. And I'm walking back to my seat cage side. And basically some guys from the Nurmagomedov crew, you know, we all, the Dagestani Russians, okay. all those guys, they all, you know, the chin strap beards, yep. some fighters, they stopped me and I'm like, hey, they must be fans of the fight game. And then the security guard's like, oh, no, man, sorry, they thought you were Kevin Hart. <laughs> and then, it, you know, broken English. And it's, it's like, sorry, sorry, same, same. And Shut it, up. I, th- I was like, yo, they must know I'm somebody in the MMA world. That is funny. And so, it was like, no, no, sorry, they just thought you were Kevin Hart. So now it's official, man. Yeah. Everyone's saying that you look I thought it was I thought it was just the lady trying to be ugly towards you in Arizona when she said, Oh, look, they brought Kevin Hart with them. No, it's, it's it's worldwide. Even the Russians think I'm Kevin Hart. There you go. Well, speaking of Kevin Hart, let's go on and get some tickets out to him. I like that. March 17th and 18th, it's going to be at Resorts World. You want to be there? We got a pair of tickets for you right now. Call number nine is what we're looking for at 702-365-9200. That's call number nine at 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Mailman Raider hit us up on our don'tbebroke.com text line and said, man, I was watching Kevin Hart's new movie, Die Hart, last night, and all I could think of was DeMond's a real-ass movie star now. Laughing my ass off. That's Mailman Raider. Shout out to Danny. 
He got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see Kevin Hart's coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday at Resorts World. You want your tickets? We got them for you all week long. Or you can check out AXS.com right now. Get hooked up with your tickets again. Kevin Hart coming back to Las Vegas, Resorts World, this upcoming weekend. Join us now on the phone lines from ESPN Las Vegas. Our sister station and the RJ is Ed Graney. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. As I joined, hey, your, I joined your show this morning and we talked about the quarterback position. And I said, well... It's probably going to be Jimmy G. It's not going to get me excited, but it's probably going to be Jimmy G. And we find out today the Raiders come to agreement with Jimmy G. What are your thoughts on the quarterback position for the Silver and Black, at least for 2023? Um, I think the contract's a good one. And that's the one thing Tyler and I were talking about this morning. We didn't know what the deal would be. We didn't know how much he would demand and how much he would get. So I think they got good value in a guy who's won games in the league um, and and been far in the playoffs. Uh, So I think it's good value. I was always... A and you know this a Stidham Bridge guy, um, and then draft somebody, but that didn't work out that way. Stidham uh, took uh, his services to Denver for a backup uh, to Russell Wilson today, so I, I think it's good value. Q, um, you know, I I don't know the fine points of it when they can get out of it when they can't, but you know, for the guaranteed and what he's going to make a year, I thought that was you know probably less than I think um, I thought it was going to be. So I walk away saying. Wouldn't have been my first choice with the injury issues and, and, and other things, but, you know, it's a good value on him. It really is, and it gives the Raiders an opportunity, Dave Ziegler and company, an opportunity to build the team around him, and we know that they have to build a team, especially on the defensive side of things. But you mentioned Jarrett Stidham. How surprised were you that he took his services to Denver? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. Um, he got, I think, $10 million, $5 million guaranteed, mm-hmm. um, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, like, Maybe that was the market for Jarrett Stidham. We don't know. Um, you know, I think if that's what he signed, that was probably what the market was for him uh, as a backup. Um, so, you know, he probably was told what they were going to do here and, you know, saw the writing on the wall and chose to, you know, he's got relationships with the Denver coaching staff and he's got relationships with people there. So maybe he just wanted to change the scenery as well. Um, but I think, you know, they got good value in him too. Now, you know, if, if, the, if the number one guy doesn't get hurt, Jared Stidham's going to be what he was here, which is a backup and not play, um, you know, until the last two games and Derek Carr gets benched. Um, but, you know, I thought, like I said, he's got relationships there, so I guess it wasn't a huge shock that he went to Denver. Um, but I'm sure they also kept him abreast of what was happening here with Garoppolo and, and, and the direction they were going. Ed Grady is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So the Raiders have made a couple minor moves so far outside of Jimmy G, agreed to deal with uh, with Epps coming over from the Eagles and also Brandon Faison returning from the Colts. He was with the Raiders in 2021. Yeah. Are you surprised yeah. by the, the fact that they're not going swinging for the fences like big guys like Tremaine Edmonds, but instead kind of just getting guys that, that are good value? Yeah, probably value guys because they need so many of them. Um, th- th- I mean, their numbers, they need, you know, how many new starters on defense probably. So I guess um, I'm okay with them going value guys like these um, because there's just so many holes to fill. Uh, so going on, you know, and, you know, Dave Ziegler kind of intimated that, that, you know, they were going to build this way uh, for the future and, you know, not go out and spend a fortune on one or two guys. So it doesn't surprise me they're doing it this way. I'm sure there's a lot more to come, um, especially defensively. Interested to see what they do the, with the offensive line. But now they have their quarterback, at least their starting quarterback. I think I still think they'll draft one mm-hmm. um, and see you know who that is and what round it is. It'll be interesting. You know, if it's in the first round, it's going to be a lot different than the third round with Jimmy G. Um, but you know, uh, I, I I agree with you in terms of the value guys that they're getting today, and that's probably the best way to go because there's just so many holes to fill. You, you want to use as much money as you can on different players. 
we haven't seen that many signings from the Raiders yet, but of who was on the roster this past season, who do you think is now going to be coming back as we're seeing the way the free agent market is set, set shaking out? Offensively or defense? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't, I can't say in terms of defensively because I just think they have so many holes to fill them on. Um, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see, you know, when the league's year starts, who, who they bring back as well as you do, but specifically specific guys. I mean, um, you know, I know Q was Q. Were you talking about Trayvon Morgan on our show this morning? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was saying that he's, you know, uh, he, he's got a lot of pressure on him. He's got a lot of pressure on him. And, I, you know, I think he, you know, he was, I think he'll agree down last year compared mm-hmm. to what they had hoped in a second year. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure on specifics in terms of names, but I do think that, you know, there's a lot of holes to fill, and I wouldn't feel completely, unless I'm Max Crosby or a few others, I don't know if I'd be completely secure in that I've got a spot to fill next year. I think that they're going to go out and linebacker. I think you talked about this morning. I think you got to look at linebacker. you got to look interior defensively. And now they're trying to show up a secondary, but that's where I would look first. I mean, we talked about this last week. I think we both agreed maybe interior defensively first and then, you know, go to the next level on the linebackers. Um, but, they, you know, look, they need help everywhere. Again, with the draft coming up, we all think that the Raiders are going to take a quarterback. One and two, it seems like that's already solidified. So when it comes around to number seven, if either are there, who do you think would be the more likely choice, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? I think they, I think they gonna would go Anthony Richardson. Um, I, I think people got enamored with him at the combine. I, I don't know the Raiders in terms of their inner dealings and what they thought of each quarterback. Um, there was a report today. I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys have mentioned. If not, the, you know there was the ESPN report that they tried to get in on the one mm-hmm. with Chicago. It yep. didn't work out. I don't know how you know. I look. I don't know how value um, the veracity of those reports or if how how deep they got into conversations. But I think Anthony Richardson, if he's there at seven, they will not pass him up. And now that you have Jimmy G, who's you know maybe a little more than a bridge. Like I said, a guy who's won in the league before, who knows the system, who knows Josh McDaniels. Um, I think that would be a good pick. I think I think that you know you know you know he's the biggest risk, but you know he has huge upside. Right. So if you think Jimmy G can be the guy for a year or two, or however long it takes Anthony Richardson to get up to par, um, I don't think that's the worst situation in the world. Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, you can check Ed out on the press box on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, at 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, of course, all his work is in the RJ. So sticking with the draft and with Carolina, what they were able to do last week with Chicago, moving up from 9 to 1, there leaves a hole there at number 3. We know Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. What are the chances you're given uh, that the Raiders may try to make a move for that number 3 spot, maybe switch with Arizona? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it all depends on if they've fallen in love with a guy, right? I mean, and that, that that's Carolina, too. You know what they made that move. We don't know who it is. Um, C.J. Stroud comes to mind for me, but um, mm-hmm. uh, they fell in love with somebody because you don't make that move unless you know who you want. Um, and I think it's the same with the Raiders. If they, you know, work these guys out and we're at the Combine and go to, go to workouts at schools and, and they just are enamored with someone off film and think he's the guy and think he could be gone, if they were in on number one with the Bears, if that's a true report, I don't know why they wouldn't be in on number three. Right. I mean, if they if they were trying to make a move for one, why wouldn't you make to try to make a move for three? Now, we again, we don't know the truthfulness of those reports um, and how deeply they were in on it. But you look, if you think your franchise quarterback is sitting there and you're absolutely sure about it and you love a guy, I never have a problem with guys moving up. Like I didn't have a problem with what the Panthers did. If right. they love a guy and they think he's their future, and they think he's a franchise quarterback, then go get him. Now, 
you, you know, you got to be right. If not, you set yourself back for years mm-hmm. um, if, if, if you make the wrong choice. But like I said, if they were literally in on number one, I don't know why they'd at least not consider trying to get to three if, if they really, really love a guy. No, I agree. I agree 100%. It's going to be interesting to see who Carolina takes at number one. I'm with you, though. I think C.J. Stroud's going to be the guy. Bryce Young will be the guy at number two for the Texans. Right. And then right. it all gets started at number three with the Arizona Cardinals yep. or whoever is picking there. Will Levis and yep. then Anthony Richardson will be the two guys that they're looking at. Who, so, who, who would you pick? Um... If I was Tough the Raiders, one. if I was the Raiders, I would I would go with Anthony Richardson if my choices were Anthony Richardson and Will Levitz. My my option would have been CJ Stroud. Like that's the guy I came, oh, yeah. I came out yeah. of the combine like that's the dude. But yep. you know, and then let's put it like this, Ed, what's the chances that maybe they just stay there at number seven and just get the best defensive player? Because as we've mentioned, they need a lot of help defensively. Yeah, and that's a great point. And they could they could grab the best defensive player available and upgrade themselves right away. And again, with Jimmy G, you know, if you do see him as your quarterback for the next few years, you can get a guy in the third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be the, you know, the second. There are other quarterbacks out there that if you're pretty sure on Jimmy G, um, you know, I'm going back and forth in this, and I don't know what you think. I, you know, I don't know how much of Jimmy G's an upgrade from Derek Carr. Right. Um, slightly. I don't, I don't maybe, think. Maybe, I don't think he's an upgrade. Even, I'll just I don't say, even know if he's an upgrade from Derek Carr. Yeah, I don't think he's an upgrade. I think he's lateral movement at best. Right. I agree with you. So if that's the case. If lateral movement means you're back at seven, eight, nine wins, um, you know you can take a guy in the second, third round and, and really groom him behind Jimmy G, and, and maybe you know again sell the narrative that you're building for the future. You have this kid who's not quite ready, but you believe in him, and Jimmy G is going to be kind of that you know whatever two year bridge or whatever however you want to call him. Although you know he's making a good chunk of change for that, um, and 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 go that route. Um, I do think that their narrative is building for the future. Um, at least that's the narrative now. Uh, it didn't used to be in the beginning of last year. Um, but that's their narrative now, so if that's what it is, um, you know, I could see them also, if you, like you said, Q, if the guy's not there at seven, take the best defensive player available and, and maybe get your quarterback later. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a bunch of different approaches that they could take when it comes to this upcoming draft and, of course, the rest of free agency, which free agency really technically is not even open yet. It's just a legal tampering right, period. Again, right. Ed Graney is our guest, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ. Demon wants to ask you a little hoop question, so go ahead, Demon. Oh, I've got go. my back-to-back T-shirt on right now, so I've got to ask you about there the you UNLV Lady Rebels. You had Coach Lenny LaRock on the show today. How good do you think the team should feel about being an 11 seed where it's an improvement from last year, but the record says that they're better than an 11 seed. Their record does. Uh, their net puts them at like a 10 or 11 or an 11 or 12. So, you know, they, Devon, they really get dragged down by the strength of schedule because of the Mountain West. Um, their strength of schedule was in the twos. Um, so that's just their, their, their league drags them down. And they're, I think they're a terrific team. I think they have every chance to be Michigan in Baton Rouge. Um, I was just out of practice a couple minutes ago, and – talking to them you know last year they gave arizona everything they wanted but it was almost a sense of hey they were happy to be there none of those girls had been in an ncaa tournament lindy was really the only one who had been there obviously she went to four final fours with stanford so she was well versed in how to prepare for a tournament and i think she did a great job but at the end of the day i don't think this year is just happy to be there i think they're going there with a purpose and i think they really believe they're going to win and like a couple of them said you know michigan has to play us it's not just that you know they have to play the big 10 team michigan michigan has to play them so I like their chances on Friday, um, games at noon, and Baton Rouge, you know, and then, boy, if they get past then, it'd be, it'd be really cool to watch them probably play LSU in Baton Rouge. I mean, that's a great experience to have to do that. But um, I just think their mindset is different this year. 
I think last year was happy to be there, and now this year it's not even near that. So, you know, they're going there to win. And the game is on Friday at noon, and you can hear it on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. So we'll have it aired live. Go ahead, Devon. All right, and I want to move over to the men's tournament now and talk about the Mountain West as a conference. Do you think that if the Mountain West can have a little success, maybe a couple of teams get a win or two, that that'll help the Mountain West next year when it comes to getting even more seeds in the tournament? Because I think the Mountain West is better than the average mid-major conference. I think so, too. I think I haven't seen a number. Someone tweeted out a number of one and a half, and that's mostly because they didn't win a game last year. I think they win more than that this year. I think San Diego State, you know, everyone's talking about Charleston. Charleston's, all of Charleston's wins except one or two are against quad three and quad four teams. They have not played anyone defensively like San Diego State all year. Their best defensive team they played was like 97th in metric. San Diego State's like top 15. So I think the Aztecs have a really good chance. I think Boise has a really good chance against Northwestern. I think that's a team that can win. Uh, Utah State plays Missouri, former athletic director of UNLV, Desiree Reed, Francois, now Missouri. We'll see how that goes. And then Reno gets the first four game against Arizona State. That's probably a toss-up in the book. So I'm with you. I think they'll win a few games this year. And that always helps. You know, committees are supposed to go year to year um, in terms of just just evaluating that specific year. But you can't tell me people on the committee year to year don't know what leagues have done. And if you keep going, you know, one and out, one and out, one and out, you know, it might creep into their minds when Nevada is, you know, the last, last team in this time. Maybe next year one won't be the last team in and someone else will get in. It should be interesting. It really will be. And there's uh, plenty of teams, and, and the Mountain West is getting some love. Of course, San Diego State, Boise State, uh, and others that are getting some love right now. We'll see what they do, but they got to go out there and win some games. you got to go prove it, man. you got to yep. win games. Exactly right. got to prove it. And like you mentioned, the Lady Rebels get their dancing started on Friday, and hopefully they do a lot better than they did a year ago when they were in Arizona and they were one and done. So at uh, noon, ESPN Las Vegas, you can hear that game as it tips off versus Michigan. Ed, what do you got coming out on the RJ? What are you guys going to work on in the press box that we should be able to look out for? Uh, well, we got some Raider stuff, obviously, with the with the with the signing. We have uh, Lady Rebels coming, and then we're uh, actually preparing a lot of stuff for when the regional comes here, when the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight comes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be talking, to, doing all that in the RJ, and talking all about that on the press box. Awesome, fantastic as always, Ed. Appreciate you, my man. Thank you, buddy. Yes, sir. See you guys. Yep, there he goes, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. I was on their show this morning at seven thirty, bright and early in the morning. And uh, he joins us this afternoon at 4.30. Returns a favor. We definitely appreciate that. 4.46 is the time. Before we take a break, do want to ask for call number nine. We're hooking it up, man. VGK tickets. You want to go to the Fortress? You want to see them uh, hit the ice? We got a pair of tickets for you right now. Call number nine, 702-365-9200. Honestly, to be 100% honest with you, Demond, I needed to go to T-Mobile Arena. I need to see VGK <laughs> at the Fortress. I've been here almost two full years and haven't done it yet. I'm slipping. I got to get on my A game and make sure I do it. But we're going to hook you up and send you immediately. So uh, there you go. Call number 9, 702-365-9200. You want a pair of t- tickets to see VGK? Call them on now. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got to give a big shout-out to our guy, Brandon. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see VGK. That's on the 19th. That's his birthday. So happy Birthday, Brandon, and enjoy the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Pete, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Q, I would have given you one of my VGK tickets, but DeMond won't answer the phone. It's all his fault, LOL. And no, it's not DeMond's fault. It's my fault that I can't go. I want to go to the CVGK live. I don't want to be working. I don't want to sit in the press box. I want to go there and watch as a fan. Problem is that I stay busy. 
So <laughs> the chances of me actually having an opportunity to spend an evening and just kind of relax and decompress and watch a, you know, watch a hockey game is not very good. So it's not really DeMond's fault. It's really my own fault. Uh, again, I've been here almost two years, and I haven't got out to the Fortress yet. That's a, that's a me thing. That's, that's a problem with me. But thank you so much for the offer, Vegas Pete. I do appreciate you. Uh, I got a text from the 720. With the Panthers moving up to number one, it doesn't make sense for the Raiders to move up to number three now. The, the guy that they want could be gone after they draft at three. Wait and see how things fall. Definitely thank you for the text, first of all. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they could wait till number three. All right, they, I'm actually surprised that that uh, Carolina moved up as quickly as they did, but they felt like that there was a chance that the Raiders could move up or another team move up to the number one spot. Or you never know. I mean, we don't have any idea who Dave Ziegler wants. So maybe it does make sense for them to move to number three. Maybe they feel pretty confident that the guy that they're targeting is going to be there at three but might not be there at number four. Again, your approach is probably correct where they wait, but since we don't know, it's just that. We don't know. So we have to wait and see exactly how it plays out. I can't tell you, as a matter of fact, the right approach for them to go because I don't know who they're targeting. And you can't tell me the right approach because you don't know who they're targeting. Again, we can, we can make everything make a lot of sense at the end of the day until we actually know what's going on it's not always going to make as much sense as just simple black and white. Well, their guy might be gone, so no reason to trade up. Even if they do trade up to number three and maybe that quarterback is gone, maybe the best defender in the, uh, in, in the draft is right there that they want. So, I mean, there's, there's different ways to look at it, but I understand your approach, and I understand what you mean by that, and I do appreciate the text. Who we got up? Let's get a call in real quick. Who I had got? to do a double take here. This is G-Pay. G-Pay? All right, G-Pay. Hey, what's up? What up, dog? What's up? What up? Hey, I want you to hit the record button because I got something uh, important and I want everybody to hear this so they can remember it. Uh-oh. Get ready for the this dump is button. A one, <laughs> this is a one-year sellout. We got a Super Bowl in Vegas. You probably won't see it again for five to ten years. It's a one-year sellout. Jimmy G's coming in. We're under the cap. We could bring in a sauce gardener. And all of a sudden, when we're at the break, 7-1, uh, and 8-1, one, and, one, and everybody's going to be kissing Jimmy G's feet. All the girls want to kiss his feet now, but what happens when we're 7-1 at the break and we're leading the AFC West? What are people going to say about Jimmy G then? I'll give him his props. What if we win a ring? <laughs> what if we win a ring with Jimmy G? What if it's just a one-year sellout? We just go all in for one year and say, let's win the Super Bowl, and then we'll worry about 2024 when that happens. You could be on to something. You That's could be... my prediction. All right. I'll call in where we're holding the ring. All right. Sounds good. I, I like it. I like the uh, optimism there. And, and you could be right. Again, I mean, we just don't know. Uh, I believe that they are bringing in Jimmy G uh, on, a, on a lower deal, on a lesser deal, so they can have an opportunity to build a team up. I don't know if they're going to build a team up to be Super Bowl ready. Uh, I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to be 7-1 or 8-1 and one at the break. But, I mean, that's an optimistic way to look at things, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having an optimistic view of things. Uh, again, Jimmy G is a, a good quarterback, and the only concern that I really have with him is the injury history, just because you can't ignore it. If you ignore it, then you're just, you know, it's, it's almost like the Cowboys used to do this uh, year after year after year, and they did it with, uh, uh, who was his name, the linebacker, um, Sean... Sean Lee. It was Sean Lee. They would do it every single year, and they would say, well, this will be the year the defense will be good as long as Sean Lee can stay healthy. And every single year he got injured. Every single year. Well, this year when Sean Lee's healthy, or Tyron Smith. Well, when Tyron Smith is back healthy, and then he get injured. So it's when you depend on guys that have injury history, you can't just say, well, cross your fingers, hope that he stays healthy, because nine times out of ten – that's not going to happen, but I do like uh, I, I do like the optimism there. Let's get one more call in seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Who we got, Demon? I forgot his name, but he's calling from Northtown. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 
Yeah, man. You, oh. I'm sorry, man. What's your name? Cue DeMond, man. DeMond, you did me dirty, man. I said my name is Vince from up north, from Northtown, man. What's going on, y'all? Q, what's going on, brother? What's happening? I wouldn't have forgot your name, man. Vince, welcome to the show. My fault, Vince, man. Represent for Northtown, though. <laughs> you know, I haven't been listening to the show for a while. Still kind of bummed out how last season ended. No disrespect to y'all. I love y'all. Y'all keep y'all doing y'all thing. But let's talk about this situation. I'm going to be real, man. I'm not happy. I don't know what the hell that first that other caller that just was on the line go all in on Jimmy G O go all in since I don't give a damn if the uh, Super Bowl was on Mars we're not going with no Super Bowl with Jimmy G let's be real I'm not trying to uh, you know talk down on the brother but let's be real here if you're asking me personally I'm taking call over Jimmy G I don't see no improvement the only thing I can see why McDaniel's and Ziegler made that move to get Jimmy G maybe Carr struggled under the McDaniel system. The only thing Jimmy G got on car is that he played, he knows the system. Well, let's all uh, hope that he knows the system. Let's hope he ain't forget. But I don't see, I don't see this going anywhere with Jimmy. Uh, you think G, Jimmy G is a leader of men? Do you think he's a true leader? I don't think so. You know, hopefully this is a plug-in play. Uh, but I just don't see it. I really don't see it. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you, Vince. Well, uh, and, and thanks for uh, checking back in with the show. And uh, look, you, you don't, you know, you share the same feelings of a lot of people that they don't really believe in this move either. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, again, the Raiders have an opportunity now because they didn't pay as much money to Jimmy G to build up that defense. And we all know the defense has to be built up. If Jimmy G can go out there and play up to, you know, the team and the weapons he has around him and the defense can hold their own. Again, I think the backup quarterback is going to be very uh, important now, now that Jarrett's is not with them in the mix. I think that's something that you're going to have to really pay attention to. Who is going to be the ultimate backup? Is it going to be a guy they draft? Are they going to bring someone else in? What's going to be the best case scenario when it comes to the silver and black, their quarterback position and their backup? Will they trade up? Will they stay right where they're at at number seven? Hope that their guy falls to them. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. Only time will tell. But definitely appreciate all the calls, appreciate all the guests that we had, all the text messages, and make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's Vinny, that's Heidi, and that's Clay. And do not forget, matter of fact, right now, go ahead and check out lvsportsnetwork.com, our March Madness Mania Bracket Challenge. Uh, Be smarter than me and Damon and fill out your bracket and win some money, like $2,500, plus a whole lot more. Again, lvsportsnetwork.com. Have a great evening.